0: Hey guys, it's Tyler. Thanks so much for tuning in to the podcast today where we talk faith, family, and focus in your life and your leadership. You know, juggling all of these things, it is so hard to keep track. Sometimes our heart can become so restless under the stress and the responsibility of all these facets of life. And that's why I wrote my book, Restless, Finding Rest in a Restless World. You can go to my website and get a free copy of that book, a free paperback copy of that book at tylerarobertson.com slash restless. So if you haven't done that yet, head on over to my website and do that. Grab a free copy of that book, Restless, Finding Rest in a Restless, world. And with that, let's dive into the episode. Welcome to this episode of The Navigator's Podcast, the podcast that equips men and women to steer the course of biblical Christianity in our culture today. Each week we discuss faith, family, and the trends that are sure to impact the local church. Join us as we study God's Word together. Have you ever noticed that some people are hard to reach? You try to call them, and they don't call you back. Or you try to email them, and they don't, uh, they don't email you back in a good time frame. Or you try to schedule a meeting with them, and it seems like something always gets in the way. Schedules always conflict, and you have to reschedule your meeting, or you're not able to make that appointment, whatever the case may be. That's annoying, isn't it? Well, we turn in our study to John chapter 3, and we meet a man who is very, very desperate. He's desperate for answers. He's desperate for God. And he wants to meet with Jesus. Jesus, he was a very busy man. He was in Jerusalem at this time and performing miracles, preaching messages, and and constantly having townspeople pressure him for his attention and question him. He was a very busy man. But I love how Jesus, although busy, was willing to leave the 99 to save just one, right? He was able to go after one, one soul, sit down with one man and answer his questions. And you know what? Jesus uh, will meet us as well. He wants to meet us. He wants to fellowship with us. He wants to be individual. A lot of people believe in Jesus, but they don't believe that he's individual to them. They don't believe that he loves them. They can believe that he loves the world, but, that, but they have a hard time with the fact that he loves them. And Jesus loves you. He wants to speak with you today. He wants to have a one-on-one conversation with you today. And here we find a Pharisee, Nicodemus, who is wanting to question Jesus, wanting to get some answers, and Jesus is willing to meet with him. The Bible says in verse 1 that Nicodemus was a man of the Pharisees. He was a ruler of the Jews. And you know what a Pharisee is. They were fair, you see, right? They were fair in the eyes of people. They were religious people, good people. Uh, they uh, esteemed the law. They esteemed oral laws. They had a great commitment to oral laws. And in fact, some, some in some cases to a fault, uh, they held oral laws and... Uh, uh, preferences and teachings of, of men. Sometimes they elevated it on the same plane as Scripture. That was a Pharisee. Tradition was big for them. They were the strictest sect of Judaism. They were known for their their piety and uh, their kind of holier-than-thou attitude. But before we point the finger at someone like Nicodemus, I think it's important to know the first three words of the chapter. John chapter 3, verse 1 says, There was a man. We say, what, what's the significance there? Although Nicodemus was a Pharisee, he was a man. Right? With all of his teaching, with all of his knowledge packed in his brain, with, a, with being able to wax eloquently on Old Testament doctrine, he was still just a man. And we see his humanity and his desperation uh, to meet with Jesus and to get answers. And through all his attire, through all of his knowledge of the law, he was still just a man. He was like you and I that desperately needs Jesus. We often like to peg the Pharisees you know, for being villains in Scripture. We look at them as villains, but you know they were just people you know Jesus was still after their hearts as well. Jesus preached to sinners. He hang around publicans. We see that often the Pharisees would rebuke Jesus for that. But you realize that although Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and, and turned it right back to, to them, uh, that he was still after their heart. He still loved them and still came to this world to die for them. So I think it's important to know Nicodemus, although a Pharisee He's still just a man. Because the fact of the matter is that there's a little bit of a Pharisee in all of us, isn't there? There's a little bit of that Pharisaical attitude of self-exaltation and pride that likes to peer up its ugly head from time to time. And that's what I want to talk about today. We'll get to Nicodemus and his questions in the weeks to come and unpack John chapter 3 in one of the greatest verses in all Scripture. But first, let's look at some attitudes, some things that we may have in common with the Pharisees, some Pharisaical attitudes that are in our heart. Number one, I would say, is we value rules more than relationship. So often, we are, we are prone uh, to set guidelines and standards for ourselves that Jesus never set for us. We set guidelines and preferences. And I understand, I'm not talking about uh, corporate worship. I'm not talking about uh, uh, the role of a pastor. But I'm talking about you as an individual, you as a Christian. Sometimes we set expectations and rules on ourselves that are literally ungodly. They, are, they give no regard to God. That's what the word ungodly means. And we put expectations on ourselves and then we expect spiritual fruit. And Jesus says, that's not my way. You don't, you don't gain uh, spiritual life or bring forth spiritual fruit by your doings. You bring forth fruit by being who God wants you to be. And sometimes we value rules more than relationships. One of the most dangerous things about the Pharisees was that they externalized religion. They tried to make a work of the heart into the work of their hands. This is why many of them put so much emphasis on the rules of the law and rejected a relationship with Jesus. They elevated the law and they rejected Jesus. And did you know we can do the same? We can try to create, as I said earlier, we can create this perfect formula, right? We all think it's, it's like a the Christianity is like a formula, and we've got to create the perfect formula of I have to do 30 minutes of prayer every day. And then I have to read my Bible through every single year. or I have to. And I'm not saying those things are bad. I think 30 minutes of prayer would benefit most Christians. I think it would benefit uh, all Christians. But I'm saying that often we, we narrow it down to something when we think if we put in the formula or we put in the computer chip in the computer, then then that program is going to bring forth spiritual fruit. And what we're trying to do is live the Christian life on our own. And what can happen is we get so focused on the outside, right? Looking the part that we fail to let the Word of God dwell in us richly. We fail to let the Word of God get in us and do its work. The Bible says that the Word of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. We cannot live a righteous life outside of the Word of God. We have to have the Word of God. We have to have a relationship with Jesus. Because oftentimes we open our Bible and we think, well, yeah, I know I need to get my Bible. Oh, I need to study. I need to pray. But oftentimes we fail to see Jesus. (laughs) We fail to realize that when we open the Scriptures, we're opening God's heart and we're talking to a person not just a book. And so I want to ask you, evaluate your rules. The rules and the guidelines that you've set for yourself, do they point you to a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you see yourselves maybe leaning toward the Pharisees where you've put so much emphasis on rules and and regulations and, and this person ought to wear this and do this and do that that you fail to see a relationship with Jesus? You fail to see the heart of the matter. I think we value rules more than relationships. Sometimes I think, number two, we are friends to friends and not friends to sinners. The Bible explicitly says that Jesus was a friend of publicans and sinners. The Pharisees rebuked Him for that. They got on to Him for that. And I love Jesus' response in Matthew chapter 9. He said, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick but go ye and learn what that meaneth. I, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I love that, don't you? He told the Pharisees, he said, go and learn what that means. <laughs> uh, almost you can kind of read that with some sense of sarcasm, but Jesus, I believe, was saying, hey, go and learn what this truly means because I will have mercy and not sacrifice i am not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance and you've heard that phrase before it's us for and no more right what we do is we well we'll forget those people out here these people uh that are the down and outers or the poor people let's let's kind of we have our own group here and we're not going to get out of our group we are so bad for cliques aren't we And I've learned, even in my short time of adulthood, uh, I've learned uh, that adults are a lot like teenagers. You ever notice that? Adults are a lot like teenagers in the same way that they have their little cliques, right? They have their little groups, and it's us four and no more, and we don't want to let anybody in. And what happens sometimes is we can become so closed-minded in our little group that we fail to see the woman at the well. Uh, We fail to see the sinner that is begging for money. The man that is down and out because of maybe some poor decisions that he made. We fail to see those that are truly in need because we're so busy in our own little group. And we don't want to stir the waters. I think that's where really the rubber meets the road. When it comes to this thing of being friends of friends and not friends of sinners, I think it's because we don't want to stir our our comfort. We don't want to stir this perfect little Christian life that we have going on. And I so believe that that has hindered us. Our comfort, our prosperity has hindered us from reaching people with the gospel and reaching people with the love of God. I want to ask you today, who's the outsider that Jesus bids you to reach today? Who needs a friend in Jesus? Maybe it's the homeless man that you drive by that is begging for spare change. You know, I've been caught up in it before. been driving and I see a man begging for money and I think, you know, he probably has his cell phone right there in his pocket or he probably goes to that parking lot across the street and gets in his car and drives away at the end of the day. Don't laugh at me. You know you've been there. You know you've thought those same exact things. Uh, You think that uh, there's something fishy going on here, but you know what? That'll never stop me from sharing the love of Jesus and being a friend to sinners. Because you know what? You were a sinner. I was a sinner once. And I'm glad Jesus came to me. Number three, I would say, we magnify others' faults and minimize our own. You know, we love the spotlight. Let's kind of be honest with ourselves, okay? We love the spotlight. We like attention to be on us, right? It really exhilarates our pride. But when it comes to our faults and our failures, we would totally be okay with someone still in this show, right? We want the spotlight. We want to be the center of attention. But when it comes to our faults and when it comes to our sins, our dirty laundry, uh, we would rather nobody see that. We would rather somebody else be in the spotlight. Because oftentimes, I think we, what we do as believers is we fuss more of the darkness in other people's hearts instead of dealing with the darkness in our own soul. Right? We fuss at the world uh, for... This gets on my nerves. I'm just going to kind of go into pet peeve here. This gets on my nerves. It's so amazing when God's people look at the world who lives their life without God, and they get upset because they make ungodly decisions. I don't know why, but that gets under my skin. Because we act so surprised that ungodly people make ungodly decisions. Wow! Wow! How dare a sinner make a sinful decision? (laughs) How dare somebody without God make an ungodly decision? And we act so surprised when the world is so dark around us. And I think so often it's easy for us to sit in our, our lazy boy chair and watch the news and fuss at the darkness out there. But you know, I love what one preacher said. I'm more concerned with the darkness that's in my own soul. I'm more concerned with the darkness that keeps me daily from Jesus. The darkness that I have to deal with daily. And what we are so prone, we we have a and what we are so prone to do is to magnify others faults and minimize our own we we in essence pull them into the spotlight and we say hey did you hear about so and so hey did you hear about what she did did you hear about what they did i can't believe they would do something like that the bible says in james chapter 5 and verse 16 confess your faults one to another and pray for one another, that ye may be healed. It goes on to say, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know, we ought to have one another's backs. Instead of spreading gospel about one another, or instead of trying to tear down somebody's reputation or name, why don't we build them up? The Bible says to confess your faults to one another. I think we're so busy confessing their faults to one another. Right? We're so busy spreading gossip that's going to taint their view of that person. Galatians 6, verse 2 says this It reminds us to bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Can I ask you today, whose burdens does God want you to help lift? We ought to have one another's backs. We ought to be. Someone who is not quick to tear someone down, but who's quick to, to run underneath someone's arms and help them carry their burdens. The Bible says, so, so fulfill the law of Christ. If we truly want to please God and not be a Pharisee, I think it's important to not magnify other people's faults and to minimize our own. And I think number four, these are Pharisaical attitudes that we all have. We trust the knowledge of men over God's wisdom. We live in a society uh, with a superfluity of information, don't we? There's influencers, YouTubers, pop artists, athletes, and they all have an opinion with a Twitter feed to tell you about it, right? Uh, And if we're not careful, what can happen is we can see those things and begin to trust in the knowledge of men versus the wisdom of God. Of course, the Bible says in Proverbs 11, "...in the multitude of counselors..." There is safety. I'm not condemning going to a pastor or going to a spiritual leader or a spiritual brother and sister uh, in Christ and getting advice from them. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that we are so quick sometimes to accept the information as truth. And we just take their word for it versus looking at it through the lens of the Word of God. The Pharisees, they majored on becoming eloquent teachers of the law. They held each other's words very, very highly. And in some cases, they placed them, as I said earlier, on the same plane as Scripture. You know, the word, is, the word of God is our guide. It is the lens by which we prove all things. And I think it's important for us, we've got to be careful of just taking somebody's word for it. We've got to be careful of just believing man's knowledge over God's wisdom. Think number five, and lastly... A pharisaical attitude that we all struggle with if we're not careful is we focus more on what man sees versus what God sees. And of course, that's probably the predominant characteristic that you think of when you think of a Pharisee, someone who focuses on the outside and they're focused on what man thinks of them versus what God knows them to be. And the truth of the matter is we all want acceptance. We all want approval and affirmation. But where we choose to get it from will determine if we are left satisfied or not. Paul said this in Galatians 1. I love this verse. For do I now persuade men or God? Do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be a servant of Christ. I shouldn't be a servant of Christ. If I what? Please men. So often we live our lives for the ideas of others. The ideals of others. Right? We try to live our lives in their box because we want their acceptance. We want their affirmation. We want them to think well of us. And so we compromise our relationship with Jesus to do it. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live my life always looking for the approval of other people. I want Jesus to see me for who I am and have and cultivate a relationship with him in the middle of a crazy culture, right? I want to cultivate my relationship with Jesus. And I want to focus in on what God knows me to be versus what other people think I am. Here are just a couple things that that the Lord kind of dealt with me this past week about uh, the pharisaical attitudes in me, the Nicodemus in me. And I hope it will be a blessing to you. Thank you for being our guest today on The Navigator Podcast. Please visit our website at TylerArobertson.com for helpful articles and other resources. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to read more articles, listen to more podcast episodes, or find more resources, you can go to tylerarobertson.com. tylerarobertson.com and subscribe to all of that. We would love to have you as a part of our community as we grow in our faith, family, and leadership focus.